Welcome to the Best of Me podcast. Hey, I'm Angela, a wife, a mom, an entrepreneur. I help moms find their passions, figure out their goals, and follow their dreams. Every person has a different story of where they've been, where they are, and where they're going. I will share my story of how I learned to be the best of me, and I will bring on guests to share their expertise. And maybe, just maybe, we'll have some fun along the way. Welcome back to another episode of the Best of Me podcast. I am so excited that you're all here. In this episode, I get to sit down and talk with Kelsey Lincoln. Kelsey is an expert when it comes to the Enneagram. After using the Enneagram in her own life, she has found so much more joy and freedom through challenging her own self-limiting beliefs. She wants to help others do the same. I hope you find this conversation helpful. We talk about what the Enneagram is, and we also talk about self-care in relation to the Enneagram as well. It was really fun sitting and learning a new tool that you can use in your life and when you're working on being the best version of yourself. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's do this. Um, So I'm like really excited to be talking about the um, Enneagram. Uh, I am all a lover of learning about your personalities and all those types types of things. And I am a true and true eight. Yes. <laughs> a true, true eight and a Gemini. That's what I tell people. And um, so I'm really excited to learn more and how um, an Enneagram can, um, and learning the Enneagram can help us be better versions of ourselves. Because that's kind of what this podcast is all about. It's kind of being a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of what I focus on are moms that might have been moms for a while that really now, like, who am I? What do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Who do I want to be when yeah. I grow up type thing? And um, because they're so used to always taking care of other people, right. other children, um, their spouse, all, all the people around them, but never really focus on themselves. So mm-hmm. I want to like, let's focus on ourselves. And so, um, so that's what I really want to like, the Enneagram and how we can focus on ourselves using that, that knowledge of what our Enneagram numbers are and the other people maybe around us. Mm -hmm. So I guess the basic is, can you just like tell us what the Enneagram is for no one that's heard of it? Yeah. So it's a personality tool that's catered towards our growth. So that kind of is how it stands out from other personality tools. It's not just like here's who you are in a nutshell, you know, it has parts of that, but it's really getting down to our core motivations and telling us why we think, feel, and and behave the same way that we do. Um, And so there's nine different personality types within the Enneagram, um, but we have one main type um, and we stick to that our whole lives actually. Um, And each of those types have four core motivations, which is the core fear, the core desire, the core weakness, and core longing. And so when you're finding your type, you're really trying to get down to what are my core motivations? So what's motivating me behind these behaviors? Um, Why do I think these things? Why do I feel them? Why am I doing these behaviors? We're not analyzing just the behavior. It's more of the why. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Okay. It's because I've noticed in some people, when I've talked to people and I've noticed like, oh, so I, and I know I'm pretty sure I'm a 
hardcore eight, but mm-hmm. like sometimes a seven or mm-hmm. a little bit of a nine will get in there. But um, mm-hmm. but you do lean more towards one, even though you might see yourself in others. Yes, exactly. And, you know, the goal is integration. So we don't, you know, once we know more about all of the types, we can mm-hmm. take characteristics and certain things from those types. And we're also um, connected to a lot of different types. So we go to certain types and stress which doesn't mean we turn into them, but we take on some of their behaviors, positive and negative. Um, So it makes sense that you would relate to a lot, but your motivations are never changing technically. Okay. Yeah. And um, in one of the questions when I was doing some research is, um, do kids have these Enneagrams (laughs) or, or do you get them when you're an adult or is it like you're born with it and you have it for life or how does that work? Yeah, there's a lot of beliefs about it, but I would say a lot of it is nature and nurture. So just, mm-hmm. you know, our personality is a very vast and kind of mysterious thing. But as far mm-hmm. as the Enneagram, it's it, the assumption is that, you know, your life, your culture, how you grew up and your family, um, trauma, mm-hmm. all these things influence your type. Um, but so there's not really like, a, yeah, you're born this way, you know? Um, so but, I shouldn't be labeling my kids yet. I yes. <laughs> yes. So it, you know, I know some parents, friends who it's really actually helped them to just kind of in their head label their kids like, oh, I think okay. my kid is a six, you know, and helps them have language for that. But I personally recommend not typing your kids until they're past 18 and really letting them have their own journey of it. Um, but it can help you understand, you know, if they're coming from a very different motivation than you, it can definitely help you relate to them better, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Because uh, I always think I'm like, hey, are you are you an eight <laughs> like me? Or are you a, like, what yeah. are you? <laughs> and how many kids do you have? And what are their ages? I have four. Okay. I have four kids. Um, so I do have a 22-year-old, nice. uh, 20, and then a 14 and a 12. So. Okay. So some of those, you could probably definitely know where they're yes. at. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think my daughter, um, I thought she said she was a three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings me to my next question is if someone was listening and it's like, what is my number? How, how do you figure that out? Yes. So there's a lot of different ways. I personally think the best way is coaching, which is why I'm a coach, (laughs) Um, but helping people understand it's just, it's so layered. It's so complex. So talking with someone who um, totally knows it and has learned it inside out is really, really helpful uh, because we call mistyping when you think you're a certain type, but you're actually a different type. And that happens so commonly. That's my story as well. And so, um, and it's just not useful if you if you land on the wrong type, you know? And so Mm -hmm. my first recommendation is definitely coaching. Um, but you can definitely take tests. I, they're only like 80% accurate. So some people land it on the first one, but often Mm -hmm. people don't. And so I don't always recommend that. The, the top thing I would recommend is reading through each of the four core motivations of each type and really sitting with like, which one of these is so true for me. Um, the strongest, it doesn't mean, Oh, if you relate to eight, but you don't really, or you, and you relate to nine, it doesn't mean, you know, that you're, that you don't have nine in you at all. It just means eight is stronger for you, more dominant. So that's kind of what you're looking for. So, and that's what I kind of did. I kind of read them. And if you, if you know me at all, my friends and family would be like, yeah, you're an eight. (laughs) Yeah. So can you just maybe quickly, I know it's probably a longer question, but kind of go through each number and 
you know, just a little bit about each number of what each number is? Yeah, I'll just give you a quick overview. So I'll start with ones. Ones are uh, the moral perfectionist. So a lot of people are like, oh, that means they do, you know, they're perfectionists. And it could be that they really like a clean house. They really like to be organized. Those are all stereotypes. And that is true for some ones, like organizing chaos. But it also is really about their moral um, perfection. So I want to do what's right and wrong. They're very black and white thinkers. Gray is very hard for them. Um, They also have a very inner critical voice, um, which separates Mm -hmm. them from a lot of the other types. They're very critical of themselves, sometimes very critical of others, um, maybe systems of government or they're just they can they have that critical voice in judgment piece which is a really beautiful gift but also as all of these are we have gifts that sometimes become our liabilities when they're overworked if you will yes (laughs) Um, yes yes. so that's kind of ones in a nutshell very right and wrong focused justice focused um they're going to be big doers for others um which is awesome two is a supportive advisor um or I call them befriender because they just have, they can make friends with anyone. They're very, very social people. That doesn't mean they can't be an introvert or extra, you know, or they're just extroverts, but they just love people and they Mm. are very warm and friendly, but they have this, you know, big fear of being rejected or unwanted. So they kind of make um, themselves needed in others' lives and they really need to hear they're appreciated and loved And um, sometimes they don't know that's their motivation because they just give, give, give. um, And they're not really thinking about themselves, which we'll kind of get to as we talk about self-care. Yes. But they make exceptional friends and parents and coworkers because they're so loving and um, giving. So that's the two. The three is a successful achiever or just achiever. And um, they're very driven people, very focused on success or achieving And a lot of people stereotype that as just work, you know, but you could be Mm -hmm. a mom and you want to be the best mom, you know? (laughs) So Uh whatever they're doing, they want to be the best. They want to achieve. They want to be seen as that. Um, They Mm want to have high value and, um, but they're very good at, they can, we call them a chameleon. Sometimes they can talk to anyone and everyone. Um, They're just very Mm -hmm. social people who, you know, and they, they don't always, listen to themselves and kind of their vulnerable side. Sometimes they're too focused on putting on a persona. And so that's Mm. where they can get caught sometimes. Okay. Yes. So fours are the romantic individualists and they are um, usually the more creative on the Enneagram sevens and fours are, but, and that could mean any kind of creativity. It doesn't mean you're artsy, just, or musical. It Mm. could mean um, a lot of different things. You're creative in your own avenue. They just have very Mm. imaginative, um, imaginative minds. Is that the right word? Um, and okay, great. Um, but they very much feel like there's something missing inside them. And so they kind of overcompensate for that by wanting to be like unique and special in people's lives. And so they can kind of compare themselves and get lost in envy at times with others, uh, because they feel like everyone has something that I don't. Um, but they really Mm -hmm. just need to hear like you're seen and loved for who you are. Uh, fives are the investigative thinker and they're going to be, um, they're going to have the lowest energy on the Enneagram. Well, nines as well, but they really want to protect their energy. And so they're going to need a lot of alone time. Um, really love being alone and energized being alone, but they are also very autonomous. They want to be capable and competent. 
very good researchers. Like they love gaining all this knowledge and learning. Um, they're very curious. I think this is my husband. People, <laughs> yes, <laughs> nice. <think. laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. fives and eights gravitate towards each other. Actually, oh really? Yeah, oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but they're very worried about like their energy being depleted. So that's kind of why they protect themselves so much. Mm-hmm. Sixes are the loyal, the loyalist. Um, they are. This is actually my type. Um, they okay. struggle with anxiety, um, meaning they kind of are worst case scenario thinking, thinking at their worst. Um, but they're mm-hmm. very loyal people to everyone. They love having lots of friends and community. Um, they really search for security in life. So that could be in relationships or financially or, you know, physically mm-hmm. in their life. And guidance and support is super important to them. But they're really champions of their people, and um, they'll go down with you, <laughs> whatever your you need to have situation you're in. in life. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, sorry, I'm giving you a spitfire of all of them. Sevens, oh, no, that's great. That's great. <laughs> sevens are the um, entertaining optimist, and they um, do not want to be limited or bored or trapped in like mundane tasks. They're very adventurous and fun-loving. Um, you know, we call them like the party people on the Enneagram, just love people, mm-hmm. love adventure, exploring. They really want to be um, satisfied and happy in life. And it's mainly because they feel like there's like this insatiable emptiness inside um, that they just kind of need to keep filling with experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how they're trying to get it and attain it. But they're very positive, which can sometimes be a negative because they reframe <laughs> Um, experiences, yes. but very joyful, very fun people. Uh, yes. Type eight, this is you. So it's me. <laughs> they are the protective challenger. So they love to protect their people at all costs. They're mm-hmm. gonna do whatever they can for that inner circle of people. They're gonna fight for the underdog or people who have um, any injustice around them. They're like they will step in. They'll intervene. They'll get stuff done. They're big doers mm-hmm. on behalf of others. They are usually great leaders, uh, but they do fear being vulnerable or being put um, under the control of someone or seeing, oh, being yeah. seen Don't as weak. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no telling them what to do. Uh, type nines are the peaceful mediator and they mm-hmm. are definitely, their name gives them that vibe. They're like the most peaceful people to be around. They're so calm. They have a really great energy. Um, they are a lover, lover of people and connection. So they're always trying to gain that connection with others, which mm-hmm. is great, but sometimes they can lose themselves in other people and kind of just go with the flow or go with whatever anyone else wants. Um, but they're really trying to create an inner stability by avoiding conflict at all costs. So okay. that's kind of hard for them at times. So that's our yeah. our nine types. That's nine nine of them in a nutshell. I know. That's not even, yeah, hitting the surface, yeah. but that was oh, good. I, I, and that's good uh, enough. I mean, there is a lot of research that you can do on oh, yes. Enneagrams. And I was like, whoa. So, you know, pretty much the the goal of this podcast and what I'm really is like, let's, you know, like really work on let's being the best version of ourselves and going for those dreams and kind of going for it. And one of the things is that I find is with self-care that, um, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a sometimes a hot topic. And I don't know if it's Instagram related or not, but, you know, you hear that who self-care, you're selfish. And I'm like, are you really selfish if you're taking care of yourself? But there's um, in different ways of how you can 
each, maybe each Enneagram can take care of themselves. Because I find that, you know, the one thing that a lot of people, a lot of my friends would be like, let's go get our nails done. That's self-care. And mm-hmm. I would like, that seems like the worst idea ever <laughs> in, my, in my mind of self-care. So, and I found it very interesting um, when I was, um, um, found you, I've been following you on Instagram um, mm-hmm. because I just love this, this things. And you had a, a kind of a section a while back on self-care. So can you kind of like describe self-care and how like it like is important with the Instagram and yeah. And like you said, I mean, your question, I think, was, is self-care universal? And I think that's such a good question because, mm-hmm. like you said, so many mm-hmm. of us assume things about each other or we assume like, oh, oh this yeah. is this works for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Enneagram is pointing out, well, we all come from different lenses of the world. So don't we all have different needs? And of course, there are universal needs, right? But like, yeah. if we're getting into the, some of those micro needs um, yes. that really fill our spirits and but beyond that, you know, how we're so individual lies, mm-hmm. like, like, how do we figure that out beyond that? Yes, exactly. And so if we have specific core motivations, we're talking about Enneagram, then mm-hmm. we definitely have specific things that we need in our daily life that bring us joy and fill us up. And um, yeah, I am hesitant of giving like examples, because like you said, it's still not going to fit everyone, you know, I could be like, mm-hmm. here's what the one should do. And, you know, I have ideas because of what I know about each type, but of course doing whatever fills you with joy, whatever brings you more energy or more life. Those are the things to do. Um, but it is specific, right? Because we all have tendencies that Mm -hmm. we overwork or, you know, like I said earlier, our strengths can become liabilities when we overwork them. And so that leads us to depletion or burnout. Um, and so what are some warning signs that we can see when we're doing those things? to, mm-hmm. oh, it's time for self-care, you know, or I haven't been paying yeah. attention to myself. So what mm-hmm. are things I can do? Um, mm-hmm. And actually, I was talking to a friend who's an eight about this podcast, and she's a mom of three. And I just was asking her, like, what does self-care mean to you? And she had the best definitions. She said, for her, self-care is an attitude rather than like certain things to do. Because if she prioritizes herself as a like human and her family and how mm-hmm. they function, then like the kids see that and they value that. And it's like, mom has needs too, you know, it's not just Mm -hmm. all about giving, 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 because you're not going to be the best mom, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Because you're pouring out of an empty cup. And so I just loved that thought of like, we do feel guilty about it, but what if we change it to be an attitude of prioritizing, you know, survival, right? In some way. Um, And Mm -hmm. like um, feeling alive and feeling the best version of you so yes that was kind of a long explanation no I think that's great and it's okay and I believe it's okay to say I need a time out right now or that I need um you know to go for a walk or I need a little self-care so I can come back and give you everything I think Mm -hmm. especially younger moms but even us older moms of teenagers um, mm-hmm. just had a conversation the other day that I'm like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> like, I can't be in this conversation anymore. But yeah. the, you need to be able to like see that and to step away and to, to care for yourself so you can be a better version. And maybe so you don't go into those maybe more negative tendencies mm-hmm. like for eights. Um, it could be being 
angry or maybe a little aggressive, you know, yes. and I'm, you know, and I'm sure all the, the numbers have their own thing. If it's, um, with, um, drawing or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever their kind of negative tendencies, these are that you would go into that. So I think it's important to like, you know, like I need to take care of myself and it's okay to take care of yourself. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, um, don't necessarily see that. I mean, it makes sense in a conversation, but they don't say like, how do I actually do that? Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. True. Moving on towards, you know, like really self-care and really focusing on um, that kind of, and we talked a little bit about it. You also have um, talked about limiting beliefs on, you know, your social media and stuff like that. And, um, and I think that's a big one, especially for women that, mm -hmm. um, probably everybody, but that we mm -hmm. all have like limiting beliefs, kind of similar to limiting beliefs with, um, you know, self-care that you don't have time for it or you're selfish, but can you explain a little more about limiting beliefs in, with the Enneagram? Yeah. So it kind of goes back to those core motivations for each type mm -hmm. that I was talking about. So, um, like you said, for maybe a two is the easiest one to think about because they're so giving and others focused in outward. The limiting belief is like, if I don't give to others, then I am not going to be loved. Right. Mm, but yes. then they just like pour and pour and pour. And then they're resentful of others. And it's like, they push people away or whatever. And the reality is that belief that you're only loved if you're doing is false because, you know, then you're kind of creating that too right mm -hmm. you're yes. when you're not letting others love you just for you mm -hmm. and so those limiting beliefs are what we have to get over like I always have to go out of my way to give 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 which is a beautiful thing a lot of times but mm -hmm. you don't always have to do that to earn love like out of that motivation right yeah you want to earn you want to give out of the motivation that you are loved mm -hmm. already as you are without doing anything and so yeah. that's just kind of one example of limiting beliefs is when we change that narrative in our head about, you know, other people or about ourselves, then we're able to love others better, communicate better, not assume things or assume the worst about everyone else. So that's mm -hmm. what I talk a lot about in my coaching is how can we get over the story you're telling yourselves that a lot of people, each, each of us have that story that we're telling ourselves that mm -hmm. just becomes this limiting belief and we have to deconstruct that, you know? Yes. And, um, and a good example, and I've faced this for many years is with, um, you know, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not fast. I'm mm -hmm. like, couldn't wear that dress. I couldn't go out on that, you know, yep. where these were just on my own head. It's like, no one's ever said those things to me ever, yep. but yep. you know, it's like, I couldn't wear that outfit. I could put on those shoes. I mm -hmm. couldn't do that because, you know, if I have a little weight or I just did, it's mm -hmm. not fits my body style or, but those are mm -hmm. all beliefs that I told myself and I, and I think that's a big one that women like oh, tell yes. themselves, they look in the mirror and they were like, you know, they, they see themselves some way. And it dawned on me a few years back where I would think these things and my husband would say something totally opposite. I'm like, are you on drugs? I do not see that <laughs> at all. And then I realized that these are just the stories I've been telling myself. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily reality and nobody exactly. else is saying these things or even noticing if I go to Target in pajamas or not, you know, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah, but but so it's true. definitely, it is definitely something that, um, 
when you talk about becoming a better version of yourself that you need to get over those limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and um and um to kind of get to the other side. And you talked about um that's what you do with your coaching. Can you kind of describe a little bit um how that is or what you do with your coaching and what that is all about? Yeah, so I offer two different types of coaching. Um one is discover which is my my sessions are based on someone who doesn't know their type at all. So they kind of come in blind to the Enneagram and we go through all the types and we help, and I help them walk through that and figure that out. Um, okay. And then maybe, or maybe they're confused between two types or something. So we, we go through that. And then once we do that, we move to grow. Um, but if you already knew your type, then we'd start with grow, which are five um, PDFs we kind of walk through together. And there we go into childhood patterns of each type we go into like limiting beliefs of each type. We go into your stress and growth paths of each type. So what do you like when you're under stress or, you know, what are you like with your family and how can you uh-huh. grow into the best version of you or the most whole version of you? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and it's not that we're trying to get somewhere, right? We're just trying to gain all this awareness about ourselves so that mm-hmm. we can communicate our needs better, communicate in our romantic relationships, our friendships, um, Mm -hmm. also see people through a different lens. Um, but when we know what's going on internally, there's so much, we can give so much more and we can, um, really create better relationships. And so, um, that's what I'm, I work with certain clients on. And then after that, if we've gone through all that, I kind of just do regular life coaching within the lens of the Enneagram and their type. Um, so any other limiting beliefs they're kind of believing about themselves or, Mm -hmm. um, and maybe in their marriage or in their family. And we kind of walk through all of that together. So, okay. Well, that's awesome. And I'm a big believer in, um, you know, it is, you know, you need to learn and invest in these things so that you can become a person that you can live happy and Mm -hmm. live the life that you want to live. And it's, hard to do it sometimes by yourself and it's okay oh, to yeah. get other resources and other people that know, um, know the things that you're wanting to, to learn and grow in. Like on this case, um, the Enneagram and just being a better version of yourself, um, it is okay to get help. And I think a lot of people need to hear that because a lot of people yes. don't think it's okay to get help, but it's okay yes. to get help. It's okay to invest in yourselves and it's okay to, um, go through that work. And it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. I have found, um, you know, um, doing it myself. Um, it's not always been easy, but it's definitely been necessary. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it, I believe that this is always a continuous kind of journey in life that, yes. you know, you're always growing and changing and it's okay for that mm-hmm. to happen. So right. that is yeah. awesome. I was just going to say, you know, we keep getting stuck in patterns, like you said, mm-hmm. or beliefs. And we're like, why do I keep getting stuck here? You know, and yeah. I, I'm a huge proponent of therapy too, not just coaching, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, or anything, right? A mentor or someone yes. outside. Whatever um, is a good fit for you. Yes, exactly. Like, like a coaching or um, a f- good friend or a therapist, mm-hmm. whatever, like really kind of works for you and your lifestyle. I think it's just asking for that help. Yeah. Yeah. And digging deeper and having someone else mm-hmm. from a totally different perspective come in. And, and trusting the process. Yes. I don't know. Maybe this is an eight thing. But I kind of get in like, well, I know what I'm doing <laughs> and don't always <laughs> listen and trust the process. Uh-huh. But 
that's one of my mottos lately. I just have to trust the process. It is Mm -hmm. what it is. Let's just, and it really does work out if you trust the process. Exactly. And I should have uh, started with this, but, um, but we'll put it towards the end here. But can you um, explain like a little about your background and who you are and how do you learn all this about the Enneagram and all that stuff? Yeah. So I learned about the Enneagram in grad school in 2016, just some friends kind of throwing it around and it hadn't really picked up on like the internet yet that much. Um, It's been around for a long, long time, but it didn't get popular until kind of recent years. Um, Mm -hmm. But I remember like, oh, this is a cool another personality test, you know. Um, So we all took it and I I typed as a a two and I was like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. And, but then I, it didn't really like hit me, you know? And so I was like, "Eh, whatever. Um, And then it wasn't, so I just kept thinking that. And then I was like, oh, I kind of was learning more about it. And I was like, I think I'm actually a seven. And so, um, and I was like, this is a really transformative time in my life. You know, there's a lot going on in grad school. And, um, and so mm-hmm. I thought I was a seven and, and that didn't really like fully fit either. Um, but I was just like, whatever. And then I was out of grad school and in a job and we had an Enneagram coach come to our retreat and he presented okay. the Enneagram in just kind of a different way, you know? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness. And I realized I was a six at that time. And, okay. um, and that's when it really all made sense and clicked for me. And I felt so seen and um, it's kind of eerie, you know, like, oh my gosh, mm. someone just read my brain. And oh, um, yeah. <laughs> just things from like even childhood all made sense at that moment, you know? Okay. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, like this is a really powerful tool, you know? And that's all it is. It's a tool. But mm-hmm. um, since then, I just was like, I want to do what that guy does. <laughs> and so yes. um, just really started learning and um, on my own. And then I decided to invest in um, getting certified to be an Enneagram coach. Since so last okay. year, I launched my, my own business. and Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Scary and awesome. It is scary and it's <laughs> a risk, but it's been so awesome. And I've that's met so awesome. many fun people along the way. So, And how can my listeners like find you? Like where are you at? If they want your coaching services or any information, where would they find you at? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Enneagram with Kelsey um, and on there, you can go to my link in bio and that links to all my website, my website. Oh, and perfect. that has like all the services you can get for with coaching with me. I offer individual couples and even workshops for smaller teams. Okay. Um, okay. So I've done that with a few small teams. We kind of just talk about oh, getting to know each other and through mm-hmm. the end, lens of the Enneagram and how to communicate better and what are some conflicts. I can see strategies. that to be helpful. Oh, yeah. um, In like small work environments and also for spouses, you said couples too. Oh, yes. Like spouses could be (laughs) useful always, but. um, Yes, exactly. So that's that's kind of where all the information is and. Um, And I'll also link all that in in the show notes and stuff like that as well. And um, so this um, podcast is called The Best of Me. And so. Um, I'd like to end, what is something that you have learned in your life or you've done in your life that has made you a better version of yourself that maybe someone might want to learn from? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, is it so cliche to say the Enneagram? <laughs> no, um, no. I think okay. that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, but I think the any 
learning about the Enneagram, you know, it has been a really beneficial tool for me, but it really has led me to this journey of taking a risk on myself and starting my own business. Um, Mm -hmm. and just, I'm not someone who loves to like promote myself or (laughs) services or that's really hard for me. And it's really Mm -hmm. pushed me to do that and invest in myself. And Mm -hmm. because I've done that, I can now offer so much more to others and um, care for others and help others. And that's been my passion for so long. And so, um, the more I learn about myself and, um, through this and just through this journey, um, Mm -hmm. you know, through that's on Instagram or coaching um, with the Enneagram. I just feel like parts of me are coming out that I never knew and becoming a more like whole version of myself. um, And that's awesome. Learning what brings me joy and all those things. So that's great. And I feel like you said um, like investing in yourself. And I think that's the key now for for some of us, it might not be necessarily the Enneagram and becoming right. an Enneagram coach, but yeah. investing in what your passion is, even if yeah. it's like gardening or yes. skydiving or whatever is something <laughs> that you're very passionate about, or just investing in yourself to be okay to do that. And I yeah. think that is the like the big key in life almost. <laughs> yeah. And not and like you said from earlier, like us as women, um, mm-hmm. not thinking it's selfish all the time. Like, you know, yes. obviously there are selfish people and we all are, but yeah. but not but investing in yourself and using your gifts like that mm-hmm. is not is not selfish in and of itself, it's right? It's how you mm-hmm. use it and taking that risk, you know, if if there's anyone out there like me who's like, Oh, I don't know, I've, you know, this is the mm-hmm. best risk I've taken. So um, and I just, yes. And you might be looking at her because I'm taking this big risk myself. I'm starting this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, but exactly. It's like, yeah. it is like, take those risks. Cause you only have one life to live and, mm-hmm. you know, invest in yourself and, and definitely, um, you know, you'll, it will be stress. It will be hard work, but you'll failure. be happier at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, there'll be failure. Yes. There will be failure. <laughs> and that's okay. But it's okay. It's okay because, you know, you'll survive. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, thank but, you so much for having yeah. me. Yeah, this has been great. And so thank you so much. Thanks again, Kelsey, for being part of this episode. I personally learned a lot. And if you would like more information on Kelsey or the Instagram, I will list that information in the show notes below. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Best of Me podcast. If you have a friend who would enjoy this episode, I would love for you to pass it along. And don't forget to follow or subscribe. Hey, I'm Angela Gap, and a huge thank you again for tuning in. My dream is that you become the best of you and have some fun along the way. See you next time.